This podcast is sponsored by JList.com. On JList.com, from now until the end of the holiday season, you can get $10 off your order of $50 or more if you use the promo code WELOVEAAA2015. Use it on all of your figures, plushies, and more for this year's holiday shopping. Again, on JList.com, don't forget to use the promo code WELOVEAAA2015. Happy Holidays! 皆さんこんばんは。アニメアディクツアノニマスのライブブロードキャストを聞いていただきます。You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast.Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com.And now, here are your anime addicts. Welcome to an extra review episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Mitsugi, and I'm going to be doing the review for you guys today. It's great to have you here with me. And、um, you can find us at our website, www.aaapodcast.com. So definitely check us out at our website. A, we have a great forum on there, and you can get access to all of our regular podcast episodes. So for those of you that are new to the podcast, To the podcast. That's the,、uh, the place to go. We also have trivia on there. It's a lot of fun for you guys. We're also on iTunes, of course. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and find us on Facebook and Twitter. We are extremely responsive on our social media channels. So if you want to reach out to us, you can do it at AAA Podcast or on our Facebook page. So check us out on there. So. Thank you for joining me today. We are very behind on our reviews of the anime from the spring 2015 season and actually also the winter 2015 season. So we're really behind. And this is an attempt to catch up on some of the backlog that we have. And today I'm going to be doing a review on Ore Monogatari, otherwise known as My Love Story in English. Now, Ori Monogatari is, a, is an anime that aired way back, started airing back on April 9th, and finished up right towards the end of September. So, you know, we're a couple months behind on this, but better late than never. And this is a madhouse anime. So, for those of you that listen to our regular podcast, you'll know that pretty much nobody is probably watching this in Japan because it's a madhouse anime and something like, what was it? Eight or nine out of the top 20 biggest failures of all time financially had been, had been Madhouse shows. So, you know, that's maybe a little cause and effect. It may not be necessarily true. And、uh, just a little more staffing information about the show. The original mangaka, her name is Kazune Kawahara. It's, it is a woman. And I say that because it is so rare in Japan to find a woman either directing or writing these. These, these anime stories. And I think it does feel like a, a, a story that was produced by a woman. It has sort of a, a cute, girly feel to it, and, and we'll get into more of that later. And the director is Asaka Morio, and this man has done quite a lot of stuff. He's, he was involved heavily with the anime Aoi Bungaku,、uh, or Blue Literature, which a lot of people really liked. He, had, he directed Cardcaptor Sakura, which is a huge fan favorite of a lot of people. 
He directed both the original and the sequel to Chihayafuru, which was also a big fan favorite, which came out more recently. He directed Chobits. He directed uh, a Final Fantasy VII anime, The Last Order. He's He has done a lot of stuff. So, oh, He also directed Nana, which is a huge, a huge hit. And the list goes on. So Morio Asaka is definitely a one of those all-star directors in the anime industry. So how does he do here? Well, Orimonogatari is the story about a high school student named, his name is, is Takeo Golda. I'm just going to call him Takeo. That's how they normally refer to him. And he is a huge guy. And now when I say he's huge, I mean like for those of you that have seen the anime Slam Dunk, Think of your six-foot-tall, just huge gorilla-esque character. And let's see if they actually have his statistics here of his height and weight. No, but they, it is said that he is born on January 1st, which is interesting. So he's so big that he stands out in public, and he helps people with like getting cats out of trees and rescuing people from disasters and... He's just a cool guy. All the all the boys in the school look up to him. He's kind of like a leader. If this was if the high school students at his school were yakuza, he definitely would be the mob would be the boss of the yakuza. But he's got a problem, and that is that he has terrible, horrible luck with women. He generally has never had luck with women, and every time he falls for a girl, she inevitably falls for his best friend, whose name is Sunakawa, and he's like this kind of uh, detached, doesn't really care about anything, doesn't not really interested in romance, pretty boy, who literally has girls just collapsing in the hallways of the schools while he walks down the hallway, and, you know, glitter comes out of him or whatever. But he doesn't want to have any of it. So it's kind of a waste. You know, all these girls love Sunakawa, but in the end, he doesn't want to have anything of it, whereas Takeo would be happy to have even one girl. So it's kind of a sad existence for for Takeo. So the story for the most part starts one day when Takeo and Sunakawa are riding on a subway train. I presume it's Tokyo, but I'm not exactly sure. And a man is harassing a small girl. And of course, Takeo is kind of a man of honor or whatever you want to call him. So he, he has his own code that he lives by. And so he goes over to the guy and he's like, you know, very much in the Onizuka style, you know, hey, sicko. And he defends the girl and rescues her from from the situation. And they take the guy to the police station with the girl and explain what happened. And the girl's name is Yamato. So you can think of the space battleship. Now, the funny thing is that for the first time in Takeo's life, this girl falls for him on the spot because of how cool he is and how he rescued her. And it's just she... Totally is just head over heels instantly for him. And it's sort of hilarious because he is this huge guy. We'll just say he's six feet tall. That's pretty big for a high school student. He's probably six foot 200. You know, they always look bigger than they than they claim they are in their stats. But she is tiny. I mean, she is like, literally, he could fit her in his pocket. Probably, five, probably four foot 10, 80 pounds. And so when they stand next to each other, it's she's half his height. She seems like she's half his height, and it's it's very comical. But it's this really cute pairing between this big guy and this little girl who's kind of mousy and cute, and they 
Well, Take is happy to have pretty much anybody, I think, but she's so cute and, and you know, he just can't stand it and falls for her immediately. And for the first time in his life, a girl fell for him and not his best friend, Sunakawa, who also happened to be there at the time. And that is the source of the comedy for the first few episodes of this 24-episode series because Takeo simply cannot possibly believe that he actually has this girl falling for him. So, you know, she will be interested in meeting Takeo in the park and to talk, and he assumes that it's Sunakawa she's interested in. And he, he he keeps talking about Sunokawa because he thinks that, that the girl's trying to get information about him out of Takeo. And it's it's kind of sad because you see this huge guy who has other boys, you know, worshipping him as this masculine god. But he has very little confidence in himself with women. And so he just instantly assumes that this girl couldn't possibly like him. And so... He seems kind of dumb in the first few episodes. This girl obviously likes him. The viewer is just like is just face palming over and over again because you know she likes Takeo, but he can't get it. And you're thinking, "Oh, here we go again. It's going to be another one of these anime where the where the male character just can't figure out that this girl likes him even though it's blindingly obvious." But they have a really cute scene early on in the show. I think it's episode 3 maybe, and where Takeo is at Tsunukawa's house talking about Yamato, and Yamato shows up at Tsunukawa's house also while Takeo is there, and Takeo, in a very comical way, hides under Tsunukawa's bed, and and when I say he hides under the bed, he barely fits. I mean, he's like a sardine under there, just packed tight. And Yamato, and Yamato sitting on the bed with Takeo under it, and they have this really super cute scene where she basically confesses to Sunakawa that she likes Takeo, and he makes her say it like 14 times, really loud, over and over and over again, because Takeo is so dense about this, he can't get it through his thick head. And so you have this super cute scene where Takeo comes off from under the bed, he lifts, he literally lifts the bed up against the wall with one arm, and... They have this cute scene where they acknowledge each other and become boyfriend and girlfriend right off the bat in the third episode. And it's kind of refreshing for an anime. They didn't beat around the bush very long. You only had to endure the stupidity of the male character for probably maybe two episodes, two and a half episodes at most. And then they then you got a super cute scene that was really rewarding. And uh, Sunakawa sort of, sort of facilitates all of that. And it's really nice. And so the show kind of goes from there. You have this girl, Yamato, who is really cute and is always baking food for Yama, for, uh, for Takeo. And no matter how good or bad, usually good, the food is, he eats all of it. I mean, she'll bring him 50 cookies and he'll eat every single cookie or, you know, an entire cake or whatever it is. I mean, he's he's enormous anyway. So it's, uh, it's a cute relationship dynamic. And, you know, they have little... It's the story's not super deep. I mean, they do they have little story arcs that the that the show goes through, and that's how that's how the vast majority of of this anime progresses because there's very little conflict that pops up throughout the course of the show, but they have little minor relationship-based conflicts. And that's when I'm going to play our spoiler drop here because I do want to talk about some of those. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So, a very early arc in the story is about 
Sunakawa's sister. And her name is her name is I. And she has a crush on Takeo. Now, one thing you're gonna find interesting is that the the mangaka, the creator of this of this story, despite building up this character as not being able to get a woman, period, ever, as he gets older, I guess all these women suddenly decide that they like Takeo because he has what I would almost call a small harem by the end of the show. Um, Sunakawa's sister, who is super hot, by the way, and her name again is I, which means love, by the way. She falls for him. She's a little older. She's, I think, maybe four years older. She's in college. And uh, they have this conflict where she comes back to town and sees that Takeo has a girlfriend. And, you know, that's like, oh, relationship tension. She never gets in the way of their relationship. It's, it's not stupid like that. But they do have a series of episodes where one of I's friends from college comes and he is in love with I. So now you have a, like a love triangle going on. The boy from college is in love with I and I is in love with Takeo. And Takeo likes, uh, well, he's oblivious to all of that. And the boy from college is trying to get I to confess that she likes Takeo so she can move on with her life because he wants to be with her. And so you have this arc where they deal with that story. I'm not going to explain how any of these arcs wrap up because, you know, I can set them up for you, but you want to see how they resolve on their own. So there is that arc, and there's another arc where, where a small girl... Another extremely cute girl from the from school, and, and let's be clear, most of the girls in this show are really cute. And I'm trying to find the name of this girl, but uh, it's going to be a little hard. But there is a girl from there is a girl from Takeo's school who falls for Takeo also, and for a, for a while there, you have the, her her name is is uh, Saijol Maria. For a while there, she. Is you think she's going to get in the way of the relationship between Takeo and Yamato um, because she keeps meeting Takeo after school behind like the clubhouse and and Yamato sees them and she doesn't understand what's going on and Takeo doesn't get it either because he's dumb and actually I shouldn't say he's dumb he's just female oblivious as most male anime characters are but she calls Takeo master and it's uh, she calls him Shisho in Japanese. Um, because he trains her for sports day for the relay race or whatever. and But this is just kind of her way to be close to him because she really has a, has a thing for him. And eventually, you know, he, he, he realizes that she, that she has a thing for him and he handles it really well. I mean, he handles it in a really mature way, but it was kind of an interesting arc. And I could see that there would be people in the show that would definitely have you know, you would either be on quote-unquote Team Yamato or Team Sai Joel because she is definitely cute. She looks very different. She's not quite as mousy. A little a little bit more sporty, more my type, to be honest. But, um, yeah, so there is that arc. Then there's an arc where um, Sunakawa's father is sick and they spend some, some episodes where the, where the conflict is his sick father um, then you go through some birthdays. You go some. You go through some relationships between two completely other, completely other characters from from school. There during I think Christmas time, which seems to be the most romantic time of the year in Japan. Something about snow and you know the dressing cute when your winter clothes, I guess. 
two other characters from the school that are talking as classmates fall for each other and you know you have kind of like a matchmaker thing going on so it's um it's a it's a good it's a good story where the they they form a relationship and then most of the conflicts are little tiny like relationship things that pop up that may or may not get in the way of Yamato or Takeo and I won't explain whether or not that eventually happens or not because that would totally ruin the anime for you but um, now you know that there are probably I would say five six maybe even seven small two episode two to three episode story arcs inside the show that sort of keep things rolling but nothing ever gets too heavy in the show it's this is like the cutest show you'll see maybe ever. I mean, the amount of cute, even right down from the opening video, is just just crushingly cute. I mean, it's it's the kind of show that a uh, I could see like a really grumpy Tsundere girl being grumpy all day and being mean to everybody, and then she hides in her room and secretly watches Ore Monogatari so she can squeal and be her like real self deep down. Or... Generally speaking, I think most girls would would just think this show is really cute. I think it's really cute. I liked it a lot. I think the guys that like, you know, cute little romance comedy shows probably would enjoy it also. So, the only people that really wouldn't like this are people that just don't like romance. They don't like comedy and they need to have like a super heavy story that's so that, that's very serious. I'm watching the anime Gangster right now. Gangsta and this would be like the complete 180 opposite of Gangsta, where everything is heavy and the colors are gray and there's blood in every episode and dark. This is like everything is blue and pink and white and everything's happy and cute, including the music and the character designs. So it's that kind of a show. I, I think that it's it's spot on for, those, for the people that like that genre. The art is really nice. Uh, it's, it's not animated amazingly i mean it's good it was animated well but i mean they're not exactly having uh you know deep animated choreographed sword fights or anything like that they do what they need to do but it's mostly walking around and talking and it looks nice the characters designs are really nice people don't all look the exact same the designs are such that takeo looks completely different i mean he has like this crew cut type haircut with uh like huge eyebrows and huge lips. This, his facial features are enormous. And then you have Yamato, who has a completely different... Like, you can barely tell they're even from the same story. Her, her facial features are completely different. I mean, and then you look at you look at Yamato, and then you look at Sunakawa's sister, Ai, and their haircuts are totally different. They look so different from each other. So you do get that nice sort of variety in the character designs, but the the show doesn't suffer because of that. They do a nice job with each individual design. Everyone looks really sharp. I wouldn't say it looks quite as good as uh, Your Lion April, but it um it definitely looks well good. It looks good enough that nobody should complain about it. I would think that that would not be an issue at all. The music's really cute. The opening theme, as I said, is um very actually very memorable, and the video is just beyond adorable. So all in all, the show is pretty good. I mean, the only thing I could really criticize the show for was that I felt like it got a little slow in the middle. There, You might run into the issue where if you happen to not give... Um, a, if, you don't, if you don't care about the subject and the small little sub-arcs that they're going through, then you may get bored with the show. There were a couple arcs in the middle 
where, like, for example, the one with uh, Sunakawa's dad, where I was just thinking, oh, my God, like, I don't care about this. This doesn't affect anything. It's barely relevant. And it's just in here to sort of move the show along and fill time. So you might run into a couple of these story arcs where you just don't care about what they're doing and you'll be bored if that is the case. But the good news is that the arcs are short and it will end and you will come into a new one and you may like the next one better. So, yes, it, it does feel a little slow in the middle, but it doesn't, it doesn't suffer to a, ter- to a terminal level because of that. Um, overall, I thought Ode, Ode Monogatari was a pretty good show. Probably one of the best romance comedies I've seen of in the, uh, this year. It's certainly up there with um, like Ao Haru Ride and um, maybe not to the level of like Shiro Bako, but that wasn't really too much of a romance anyway. Definitely a comedy. So I'm gonna give uh, Ode Monogatari. I'm gonna give it four strawberry shortcakes out of five. I thought that it was really good. It's Inside of its genre, it's a it's a it's an exemplary example of what a romance comedy ought to be. It I I I knocked that I know I'm knocking it down knocking it down a point because I really could have used a little more heavy romantic problem. Like there are other anime out there like Nana or His and Her Circumstances and a couple others where they actually run into or like Paradise Kiss where there's real adult problems that are going down. And I get that they're only they're only in high school, but I mean, they don't even kiss in this anime till like way into it. So they're not really dealing with big time relationship things here. And I would have appreciated it a little more if they had to overcome something like a big hurdle as a couple. And honestly, the big hurdle doesn't really come. So I was kind of hoping that it would, but it didn't. So I think that it could have had a higher score if there had been something a little more important happening but you know it is what it is so i hope you guys have review have enjoyed this review if you liked the, the, the review you can uh, you can support you can support us on our patreon page the patreon page is patreon.com forward slash aaa podcast we give 48 hour early access to all of our podcast episodes on there we also give four extra podcast episodes a month that are exclusive and those are our after parties and our hentai episodes so definitely want to check that out and there are a couple other rewards on there as well, including access to our show notes for our regular podcast episodes. And those show notes are pretty long. I mean, they are normally, they average about eight type pages. So you're getting some uh, some information there that you could look at while you're listening to our podcast episodes. But regardless, I'm glad that you guys tuned in with, in, with me today and listened to this extra review episode. There will be more of these. So I hope you enjoyed it. And um, I'm going to see you next time. Until then... Mitsugi out. Take care. Bye-bye.